Hi, you may have heard of the phrase or expression, ignorance is bliss. Well, I guess that could be taken to mean that somehow if I don't know about something, I don't have to be responsible for it, or I don't have to be uh, care about it. That somehow if I remain unaware of something, I can live with less concern or worry. Ignorance is bliss. Uh, but let's say our hearts are like this balloon. And our hearts um, decide to just float along as, as a balloon might choose to do. And, and there are these thorn bushes. And these thorns are represented by this pin. And the balloon chooses to ignore the thorn bushes and the reality of what thorn bushes are and what they do. Um, and, and we know what's going to happen when the balloon comes in contact with the thorn bush, don't we? Um, no amount of ignoring the reality of things is going to stop us from experiencing the reality of things. That things are designed in a certain way, they're made in a certain way. We are created and designed with purpose and intent. Over these past few weeks, we've been looking at the book of Proverbs. We've been looking at that uh, key and, uh, and chief theme of wisdom. Uh, and we've been saying that wisdom is, is more than just um, uh, information or knowledge, but it's, it's rather the right application of knowledge. Um, and if we were to say that we want to walk along that kind of path, and the book of Proverbs keeps putting before us, if you read especially those early um, chapters of Proverbs, it puts before you these two paths, the, the, the path of the fool or the foolish and the path of the wise and the path of wisdom. And it exhorts and encourages us to choose wisdom. If indeed we choose not to live with ignorance is bliss as our slogan, and if we recognise that it makes good sense to understand and discern how things are, how things really are, so that we might live in accordance uh, with how we were designed and um, made to live, uh, and to do so in a proper and right relationship with others and with creation that this is wisdom. And so wisdom is not just theory, but it's, um, it's practice, it's, it's a lived experience. It's the right application of knowledge. Uh, but I want to place before us a challenge uh, today that, that wisdom has another aspect, that sometimes we might look at wisdom and the right application of uh, knowledge as something that's clever or intelligent. There's another whole aspect of wisdom that if if this aspect is missing, it's not the wisdom that's being spoken of in the scriptures. It's not the wisdom from above. Um, so, so, so this aspect uh, demands that wisdom recognises its moral obligations. That is, that wisdom is not just action and deeds that are clever and intelligent, but actions and deeds that are kind, that are humble, that are considerate, that are gracious that this is wisdom. Um, if, if we were to take this path of wisdom, um, so in our first verse from today's reading, chapter 
22 verse 17, it says, Pay attention and turn your ear to the sayings of the wise. Apply your heart to what I teach. If this is what we say, that um, we are choosing this path, we want to meditate on wisdom, we want to um, have wisdom in our hearts, we want it on our lips, we want to think about it, we want to dwell on it. If indeed um, this is our path, the verses that follow actually contain uh, a collection of 30 wise sayings that have been put together and, and, and the writer is telling us to consider these 30 wise sayings. And if we say that we are seeking wisdom, we seek to attain this wisdom, then the test of wisdom is that it's not just this accumulation of knowledge, intelligence, and not, not even just uh, a life that shows a cleverness or intelligence, but a life that is kind and is gracious and is patient and is loving, that, that this is what we are called to. It's about character. It's about behaviours. Um, so some of the verses that we just heard read go like this. Uh, verse 22, do not exploit the poor, do not crush the needy. This isn't about cleverness or intelligence. This is about how we treat others. Do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. Do not associate with one easily angered. Um, this is almost like a guarding of our hearts, that if we associate with the wrong kind of people, their behaviour, their actions, their character could, could adversely or unhelpfully affect us. That this could be unhealthy for us to associate with such people. It says, do not be one who shakes hands in pledge or puts up security for debts. This might sound like a strange one. It's like, uh, shouldn't we help those that... Uh, fall on hard times? Uh, shouldn't we help out those that have fallen into debt? Well, sometimes there's a kind of helping that's not really a help at all. That sometimes we can intervene in situations in ways that don't show wisdom. That we are uh, enabling a person to continue remaining careless or thoughtless. And that we are expending ourselves and our resources uh, in unwise ways, which could be better used in other ways. So, there, so to, to, to show some caution and some wisdom, rather than just jumping in. Um, do not move an ancient boundary stone <laughs> um, set up by your ancestors. This isn't uh, talking about intelligence or cleverness. It's talking about not being dishonest. Um, that, that, that somebody could use their cleverness or intelligence for dishonest gain. And it's saying that actually that's not wisdom. Do you see someone skilled in their work? They will serve before kings. Uh, the idea that if our work um, had a conscientiousness, a, a diligence, uh, that it was considerate, it, it sought to serve, that this will be noticed and it will be utilised and be put to good use. Be that kind of a person. This is about our behaviours. It's about our character. It's not just about being clever and intelligent. Uh, James um, puts this same sentiment, this idea, in a particular way. He contrasts this, this kind of earthly wisdom with wisdom from above. Uh, this is how he puts it in James chapter 3, verse 13. He says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. He then uses this negative example in verse 14. He says, If you harbour bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. 
that there is a kind of wisdom that that is selfish, that that that, that isn't considering of others, um, that in all sorts of ways um, reflects an unhealthy lifestyle and um, and and isn't blessing, and and it's saying that this is unspiritual and it's un and it's earthly. But he contrasts that kind of wisdom in this way, in verse 17. He says, But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Um, when you hear those words, does it remind you of the fruit of the Spirit? That, that, that there's a list of things that, that, that sound like they're attributes of good character. Have you ever thought of wisdom as the fruit of the Spirit? That kindness is wisdom, that gentleness is wisdom, that generosity is wisdom, that self-control is wisdom, that patience is wisdom, that faithfulness is wisdom. Is this the kind of wisdom that we look for? Is this the kind of wisdom that we reflect? When I take that whole package I can become disheartened. Last week, uh, Vivian spoke of making plans in humility, of purifying our motives, of guarding our ways. And, and, and I think about my motives. Uh, <laughs> um, I sometimes wonder, do I ever have completely pure motives? It almost seems like this kind of wisdom, if I took that whole package, that wisdom isn't just one of these things, but wisdom is the collection of all goodness. I mean, it, it, I mean, from what James said, is um, this wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, this idea of pure and holy. Um, and I think about my actions and my deeds, are they pure and holy all the time? I could get disheartened. With this kind of standard, who could say that they have wisdom, this kind of wisdom from above? But I want to encourage you this morning, church. Today, uh, the church celebrates Pentecost, the day the disciples were clothed with power from on high, the day the Holy Spirit descended and filled the disciples' hearts. Can you imagine that? That the Spirit of God, the, the very mind of God, the wisdom of God came and made his dwelling in us, became one with us, filled our hearts. That this is wisdom. The new creation has begun in us, the church. And all people will see this wisdom, this wisdom of God, as he transforms us to be like Jesus. Kind, humble, considerate, peaceable, gracious. That this is the wisdom of God. That the sinner meets a saviour who makes us saints. That we who are utterly worthless are given immeasurable worth and are, and are made to have immeasurable worth. That the gospel of Jesus is God's wisdom. That we are transformed to be like him. Uh, sometimes people think about um, uh, that idea of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, as, as, as this idea of, uh, again, if I could take a balloon, I, I wish I'd prepared a little bit 
more in advance. Imagine this balloon was blown up many, many weeks ago. It has been sitting around my house. Have you ever seen a balloon like that? It starts to look deflated. It, it doesn't look like much of what a balloon should look like. <laughs> and, um, and, and, and sometimes we consider ourselves as having received this kindness, this graciousness of God, and, and, and we're filled with the Holy Spirit. And we're filled with even the wisdom of God. But it's like having a balloon filled with air and a knot being tied. But this is our heart and God has filled our heart. But when I think about how wisdom and how transformation to become wise people works, I don't think of it as a once-off filling. In fact, the New Testament speaks of being filled with the Holy Spirit as a continuous and ongoing action that we are to be continuously filled. Um, there are many words or phrases or metaphors we can use to describe the Holy Spirit, but, but one phrase that I really enjoy is, is that I think of the Holy Spirit as a holy flow, that, <laughs> that the Holy Spirit is, is God breathing in us and through us, and that, that it's a breathing in and a breathing out, and that it's in that action of breathing in and out, that, that, that in the breathing in, Maybe we have an experience or an encounter of God's kindness to us. But then the transformation takes place in the releasing that I have known the kindness of God. Now let me show the kindness of God. It's a breathing in and a breathing out. A breathing in and a breathing out. If God has been patient with me and I experience that and I'm filled with that wisdom of God in his patience with me, then I let that out and I show the patience of God. And that it's somehow in that movement, in that holy flow of, of in and out, that transformation takes place. A transformation that becomes almost abiding, that this wisdom starts to abide in us, becomes almost natural. Indeed, when Jesus returns, all people will see the wisdom of God as he transforms us to be like him. But this is, this is a now opportunity that God has given us the opportunity to, to now have the wisdom of God made manifest in us, be seen in us, as we breathe in and breathe out the wisdom of God. The new creation has begun. I invite you to breathe in and out the wisdom of God. Um, in just a moment, you might like to pause this and look and consider some questions that will come up on the screen or you might like to do it later on in the week but as i close now i'd like to pray so let's pray come holy spirit come holy spirit come holy spirit Fill your church with wisdom from above. So the good news of Jesus will be declared with power and love to the glory of God. Amen.